Hello and welcome to the ETOP21 Sports Podcast for September 11th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOP21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOP21 Sports. On Instagram, everything sports betting at ETOP21 Sports underscore. On Instagram, for everything fantasy football at ETOP21 Sports underscore fantasy. For free horse racing picks at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing. How is everyone doing today? First of all, today is 9-11. And I remember where I was when everything started happening. My father and I, we went out to breakfast at a little diner in town. He was having one of his life talks with me and, you know, we're just eating and someone said a plane ran into the Trade Center. And we really didn't know that much. We just thought it may have been a little um, a smaller plane. We didn't know it was a big 747. And then, holy cow, when we got home and we just were in front of the news watching in amazement. And luckily, I knew people in the New York area, knew some people that worked by the Trade Center, knew some people that actually worked in the Trade Center. And luckily, they're okay. They weren't harmed, but that's going to be a day that I'm never going to forget and I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. I asked my grandmother, who was alive at the time, um, what day kind of stood out to her. Because she was around for Pearl Harbor on 9-11. And she said 9-11. So, I mean, that was one of the worst days in American history. And, you know, I'm sorry to everyone that lost someone they cared about. And I don't want to make this like a sad thing, but is part of American history and I felt I needed to touch on it. So anyone that lost anybody, I'm sorry. They're gone, but they are not forgotten. So now let's jump into the show. We got a great show today. Brandon's going to be coming on. Brandon, as always, he's going to be talking about NASCAR. We're going to talk about the bets we like going into the race this weekend at Richmond. And we have a first timer coming on the show, Tony Tucker, who's my opponent in the King of Lions League on Instagram. He is going to be coming on. We're going to be talking a little fantasy football, quarterbacks we like, running backs we like, wide receivers we like, tight ends we like, and we're also going to talk about the ones we don't like for week one. And you guys send in your fantasy football start and sit questions, so we're going to talk about those as well. Also, today I'm going to be on the Gamble Ginter podcast. That's going to be on Twitter and Instagram, we're going to be talking a little fantasy football, and as always, on Sunday, which is tomorrow, Gino and I are going to be doing the 10 to 11 live stream on Better Than Vegas, going game by game, just kind of breaking everything down, talking about what we like, what we don't like, in terms of betting for the NFL. So make sure you guys check me out on those, and then thank you for Better Than Vegas and Gamble on Ginter for having me come on. Guys, we got a loaded show today. But before we jump into the talk with Brandon and Tony, I just want to talk about sports betting and this Thursday night game. In terms of what I thought of the game, A.B. looked fast, man. I mean, this is the fastest we've seen A.B. in a while. And if that's what the Buccaneers are going to get from A.B. and you throw him in with Godwin, Mike Evans, Gronkowski, Fournette, Ronald Jones, Gio Bernard... O.J. Howard, Cameron Bray, Scotty Miller. That's a lot of offensive weapons. It was great to see A.B. at his age, after everything he's gone through, have that bounce. And he is a former Chippewa. I grew up in Mount Pleasant. That was phenomenal to see. Gronk had a little more bounce in his step. He a little bit a little bit more explosive. And it just shows like those guys getting a full training camp in with Brady, whole offseason of working, what can happen. I mentioned it on the Better Than Vegas live stream last week when we were going through all the teams and talking about team-by-team preview, we haven't heard any drama from A.B. So if A.B., who is known as a workout hound because he is so motherfucking competitive, if he's locked in, he's in line for a huge fucking season. I am absolutely kicking myself for not drafting him in any one of the fantasy football leagues that I am in. But I will say this, every Thursday I will be having a player that you can look at on the Thursday night showdown slate to put in your MVP spot or your captain spot where it's 1x the points. First one was AB and he knocked out over 40 points 
made a little bit of money in the contest that I was in, so I can't really complain. So you got to be able to look out for that. In terms of defensively, Bucks defense, it struggled against the pass. It really, really did. And I'll give credit to McCarthy and more the OC of the Cowboys. They knew because they were a little weaker up front with the injury to Zach Martin that they couldn't run with Zeke against that defensive front. So it's a more of a quick hitting, more of a passing type of attack. So I get it. Elliott was engaged. He was in there blocking. So I wouldn't put too much value in Elliott not getting the touches. I would just say it was great game script, and they just did that because they knew that this was their best chance of winning going to a quick-hitting passing attack. Michael Gallup came out today. He's going to be out three to five, so basically a month. Cooper had a hell of a game, was able to take advantage of the injury in the secondary to the Bucks. He was all over the place. The one I was disappointed in is Lamb. Lamb, too many drops. I said it when this kid came out. He drops too many balls, and physically, he was better than everyone in the Big 12. And I struggled to see how he would succeed going against physical DBs. He did have a good game, but there was times where he had to go across the middle and make some catches, and he just dropped him and just didn't do it. So that's my worry with Lamb. But it was an entertaining game. We cashed our Cowboys plus nine and a half, but unfortunately we lost our first half bet. Lost a little bit of cheddar. Not the way I want to start off the NFL season, but it's right around the corner and I cannot wait. In terms of sports betting, I will say this. The number opened up about six and a half, floated to seven, seven and a half, somewhere in there. Then when all the injuries started happening to the Cowboys, it drifted up to nine and a half. I tweeted out, bet online is really laying out a nine and a half. And when that number got up to nine and a half, I just had to take it because there was so much value. I got the best number possible. And when you bet sports, that's the number one rule. You got to play the best number possible. And with that being said, if anybody took a bet that was bucks minus seven and a half or more, that was a bad bet. And you're basically telling me you don't know how to bet sports. And if you are paying for that person's service, you may want to look into getting a refund because that was a god-awful bet. They played the worst possible number, especially as people I'm seeing played the eight, eight and a half, or even laid the nine. It's like you played an awful number. I don't want to hear you whine about having a bad beat because Chris Godwin fumbled the ball. You played an awful number, and if Godwin would have scored, you would have got fucking lucky and hit a lotto ticket. You deserve to lose that bet because you played a god-awful number. The number one rule of sports betting is what? Play the number. And you played a bad number, you lost, you fucking deserve to lose in my eyes. That's it, plain and simple. Now with that being said, I am praying that the Chargers lose, and we've already locked in the football team plus the one. If the Chargers lose, there's going to be insane value on the Chargers going against the Cowboys in week two, because now the Cowboys just went toe-to-toe, had a chance to shock the world, getting nine and a half, and beating the defending Super Bowl champions. I love betting week two in the NFL. Love it. College football this week two, I'll tell you what, I really don't like this card in college football this week. But NFL week two, that is the card that I love to bet because there is the most overreaction to everything. That's my thought on the Thursday night game. So let's jump right into the show, guys. So it's that time of the show. We're going to jump in. We're going to talk some NASCAR and who else is going to come on but Brandon from Off the Post Boston Sports. Brandon, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about you, bud? Dude, doing good. Got no complaints. We got the first football game going of the year, man. Can you believe, like, the NASCAR season is almost over? Yeah, it kind of hurts. Uh, it's a good thing knowing that they come right back in February. But uh, we've only got nine weeks left of uh, left us some football, or left us some uh, NASCAR. Yeah, it's like the season just has flown by. Um, last week was the first uh, race of the playoffs. Now, did anything like about the race or anything? Did anything like stand out to you? Um, a lot of mistakes, um, especially on uh, on Chase's part for sure. Some bad luck for some drivers. You had a lot of top guys in the playoffs get out early, 
with uh, Kyle. Pace was one of them. You just had multiple playoff drivers just running into some unfortunate trouble, which in the playoffs we've seen that year after year that this first week has been a struggle for almost everybody. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, a lot of playoff contenders having trouble. Uh, Hamlin, the man that we talked about that couldn't pull it out of his ass for an entire season, pulls it out in the first playoff game and locks him or a playoff race and locks him into the next round. Yeah, that's crazy to think that he went from being called out with his girlfriend, baby mama, to winning his first race. Kind of crazy how stuff can change. Speaking of Hamlin, at the end of the race, there is a little thing between him and Larson, how he held off Larson at the end of the race. Larson was getting some flack for the way he was racing toward the end of the race. What do you take about all that? I don't mind it at all because people have to look at it this way. You win, you're on to the next round. You look at it as a playoff football game. You lose, you're done. NASCAR is not like that, but at the same time, with so many unknowns on a weekly basis, if you can lock yourself into the next round with two more races to go, it's golden. Um, and Larson even said, he goes, that video game did, to where he just held it full throttle, slammed the wall, was hoping to be able to bounce off and get a run. He didn't wreck Hamlin. Uh, he didn't turn Hamlin. He destroyed his own car. Still from a second, Hamlin still got the win. Why the man's getting flack for driving his balls off with one lap to go and not wrecking the leader for the win, there's nothing wrong with that. I was pissed because we had Ross Chastain at 150 to 1, and I thought Larson and Hamlin were both going to wreck each other, and Ross was going to be able to pull out the victory, but it that, didn't happen. But that would have been sweet if we – if we could have got that Chastain at plus at 150 to one. Um, now Kyle Busch kind of made some headway in this race, a for the way he left the race course. It, some guy pulled some lady out of the way with him flying into the garage and his post race comments after the crash about his team. First of all, let's tackle the, um, leaving of the track what's your take on all that so leaving of the track there's a certain pit exit or, or pit road exit that these drivers take to the garage the one that he took was coned off there were pedestrians there there were workers there there were crew members there you can't go flying in knock cones over and literally risk people from getting hurt or injured because you're pissed off and then you literally get to the interview and you shit all over your team, the simulation you do throughout the week, everything. And then you're asked about the next two tracks in this round, and you're really good at them, and you literally say, it doesn't matter. We get what we get. I get it. You're pissed. You're frustrated. Drive the, drive the car into pit road, into the garage like a normal human being. If you want to vent, go ahead and vent. But don't throw your entire squad under the bus in an interview. I, I don't see how you can do that and expect them to go to work for you the next day. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a, like a Bush League move. It's, it looked like some guy like saved some lady from like pulling her out of the way too. I mean, totally a Bush League move. move. Lost a little respect for Kyle when, when he did that. Uh, now we're moving on to the Richmond race. Now, looking at the, res the results since 2018, the drivers with the best finish are Truex, Average finish of 4.33, two wins, five top fives. Kyle Busch, average finish of 4.33, two wins, three top fives. Logano, average finish 6.17, four top fives, zero wins. Hamlin, average finish 6.83, zero wins, four top fives. Brad Kozlowski, average finish 7.17, one win, and only two top fives. Are any one of those guys jumping off the page at you and getting your attention and getting your interests? So the guy jumping off my page is going to be my pick to win the race. i got to go with Vegas. Truex dominates this track. He's very, very good at this track. Um, I'm not going to bet on him solely because the ROI is not there. Mm -hmm. But I do like the looks. I also... Sitting down, I know on Bovada he's six fifty to one, which isn't a whole lot of ROI. But after what happened last week, I could definitely see him coming in and being really good. Logano and Keselowski, seven to one, ten to one, Keselowski. I like that a lot. A double digit guy who's good at a short track. I am fading Larson 
Larson is nine to one, which I know a lot of you know look at and say, "Ooh, Kyle Larson nine to one." Not his style racetrack. Um, I hope it doesn't bite me in the ass and he pulls off a win. But uh, it's not his style. I don't like him. I would fade him as a overall winner. And uh, that's where I'm at for those for those low numbered guys right now. Yeah, I definitely am. I'm going to be investing in Logano. I'm going to take a shot at Kyle just because of his history at the track um, and Kozlowski. But I'm also kind of interested in your boy Chase Elliott. I really like his number currently at 11 to 1. How do you feel about him? Who did you say? I'm sorry. Your boy Chase Elliott. He's only four points above the cutoff line, so I feel he's going to have a good race. Um, I don't want to necessarily bet on him for the win, but it's going to be hard for me not to drop something on him with those kind of odds. We talked about it throughout the season. When you can grab a guy like him, Kyle uh, Bush, Kyle Larson, anybody with a double-digit ROI, then I'm going to grab him. Um, so I like him in a short track favorite that I like that is in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to rock with, with Chase, and then I'm also going to rock Christopher Bell. Now, what about the other guys in the playoffs? What about Harvick? I mean, I know Harvick historically hasn't done well at this track, but any love for Harvick whatsoever? He had a good run. He had a good run going at Darlington for a while there. Um, me and you have talked about him all season. He just hasn't. He hasn't shown me that extra that wants me to be able to drop anything on him. I mean, how many times have we said on a weekly basis that, you know, we'd love to touch Harvick, but he hasn't proven anything. And I feel like we're sitting in the same boat going into this week. Yeah, I totally agree with you. What about Will William Byron at plus 1,600? I don't mind William Byron. Uh, I do like that. If you're going to sprinkle, sprinkle lightly. Don't grab Chase. Don't grab Bell. Don't grab Kyle Busch and also William. But if you're just kind of looking at a little average to kind of sprinkle across the board, I do like him at 16 to 1. Now, also, what about Kurt Busch at 30 to 1? I like it. Kurt, I know Kurt's your man. Kurt looked good. He looked damn good for a while at Darlington. Um, he's one of those guys that I just feel he's going to pull off a win, whether it's for the second round. Now, what about Blaney at 20 to 1? No. Um, I don't know his history at the track offhand, but he rode the momentum into Darlington, didn't have an amazing race. I don't see him being a true contender at Richmond. Now, I will have to say this. After cashing, I think I've crashed three Corey LaJoys at plus at 4-1 to one to finish top 20. DraftKings has finally caught on and dropped him down to 2.2 to 1 to finish top 20. So I will not be betting Corey LaJoy to finish top 20. But Chase Newman, not excuse me, Chase Newman, Chase Briscoe at plus 120 to finish top 20 has me a little interested. How do you feel about that? I like that. Um, He did not have a good performance at Darlington. So I'm I'm not sold on him, but I, uh, I can absolutely see him finishing top 20. Now, do any of these, like, thir- I don't want to say third tier, but basically third tier, like uh, uh, Alfredo, Haley, um, McDowell, any of those guys, do you think any of those guys could finish top 20? I can see a Michael McDowell top 20 for sure. Now, looking at the driver props, these are head-to-head matchups. I'm just going to say the head-to-head. This doesn't mean you're betting on them. This means if you were to bet on him, who would you take? Larson, Kozlowski. Kozlowski. Harvick, Elliott. Elliott. Amarello, Kurt Busch. Amarello, Kurt, all day. I like that one. Bubba, Newman. Newman, not touching Bubba. Kyle Busch, Logano. Logano. Matty D, Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick. Truex Hamlin. Truex. Dylan Chastain. Chastain. Briscoe Custer. Briscoe all day. Bauman New uh, Blaney. Oh, that's going to be a 50 50. If I was leaning, I would say Bowman. Christopher Bell, William Byron. Bell. 
Group A winner, Martin Truex, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, or Joey Logano? Truex. Group B, Kyle Larson, uh, Chase Elliott, Brad Kozlowski, Kevin Harvick. I'll go with Brad. Uh, group C, Christopher Bell, William Byron, Alex Bowman, Ryan Blaney. Sure. Say that again, Christopher Bell. William Byron, Alex Bowman, Ryan Blaney. Bell. Group D, Alec Almarello, Kurt Busch, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon. Kurt. Group E, Maddie D, Cole Custer, Ricky Stenhouse, Daniel Suarez. Maddie D. Group F, Chris Busher, Bubba Wallace, Ryan Newman, Chase Briscoe. Briscoe. Now, back to the racing lines real quick. Finishing position. Um, is there anyone like Austin Dillon, a Chastain, Matty D, Cole Custer, Stenhouse, Suarez, Chris Busher? Anyone like in that tier of driver you think could pull off the upset and shock the world? Or do you think it's going to be one of the 16 that are in the uh, playoffs? I think it's going to be one of the 16 in the playoffs. But I will tell you this. I'm absolutely dropping Chastain on my card, especially after what he did last week. Bovada, he's 50 to 1 for the win. Um, he's not my pick to win. I don't think he will win. But what I saw last week at 150 to 1, now watching him at 50 to 1 right now, I think he's just going to have a great end of the season. He's not in the playoffs. He's already going to ride going into the next season. I, I like what the kid's doing right now. Okay, so he's he's fifty to one over on DraftKings. I believe FanDuel has taken him down, but generally speaking, what I have found out, guys, FanDuel generally has better odds with the uh, with the NASCAR. I am pulling that up right now on the old. FanDuel account. Let's see what he is at. He is currently trading at Ross Chastain. Where are you? 55 to 1. So a little better value on FanDuel. So check that out. Um, Brandon, I would like to thank you for taking time out of your day to uh, come on, talk a little Richmond, talk a little NASCAR like you've done throughout the whole NASCAR season. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? Off the post, Boston Sports. If you're a Boston Sports fan, that's all I get when it comes to sports is Boston Sports. Um, anything racing, iRacing, BostonBoy83 on Instagram, uh, twitch.tv slash BostonBoy. We finished second out of a 1,000 people in uh, the Truck Series Season 3 this year. We we're 84 points out of being able to take home the championship. So it's kind of disappointing, but uh, some major steps forward as we get ready for Road to Pro next year. Awesome, guys. Make sure you're giving Brandon a follow. Brandon, week three in the playoffs next week. Where are they at next week, my friend? They're at Bristol. Oh, I love me some Briscoe. I look forward to talking. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, my friend. It is hard to believe that NFL Week 1 started last Thursday with that epic game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. So to talk fantasy football for Week 1, I'm having my Kings of Lions opponent Week 1, Tony Tucker from IG, come on the show. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I can't wait to uh, get this fantasy season really opened up. Neither one of us had anybody playing in the, in the opening one, so we're going with full rosters into Sunday. Oh my god, I am so looking forward to it. How many um, how many fantasy leagues are you actually in this year? I have eight teams this year. Okay, yeah, I went. I only have five this year, which is a little low for me. And let me ask you this: Who is the player that you have the most on your teams? So the most shares I have is probably DK Metcalf. I think I have him in I have him in our league for sure, and then I have him in at least four or five out of the eight. And then there's guys like uh, Trey Sermon, um, Javante Williams that I have in like three or four leagues each. Um, yeah, I think that's those are probably the ones I have the most shares of. It was crazy. I was looking at all my teams last night and everything in order. 
I have Mike Davis on every single flipping team I'm in. It is like he's by far. So if Wayne Gelman starts posting poaching shit, I am absolutely screwed in every single <laughs> league I have. Um, and why don't you tell everyone how you got into fantasy football? Um, so I originally started playing fantasy football when I was real young. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of old. Um, so I started playing in 1995 and we would keep track using the mining journal newspaper. Um, they would put the players out there. My neighbor was a sports reporter and started playing fantasy that way when he still kept track of it. How I got into more of like the fantasy producing content, I started doing a show last year because um, kinda, I'm kind of done being a commercial actor slash actor out here in Los Angeles. And the, one of the things that I was good at was like getting in front of a camera and talking. So I created this sort of character based off Bob Uecker where it'd be like, you know, fantasy football, everybody, here we go. And I would do this dumb show for like eight to ten minutes every week. And it got to be too much, and I started meeting other guys in the community, and during the pandemic, it was just like, hey, let's just sit down and start figuring out how to build like a sports fans network. And then we got together, and fantasy is obviously a huge part of that, because NFL is king in the content world. You are the president of operations for War Zone Sports Network. Why do you tell everyone what that is and what you guys are doing over there? Yeah, so the Warzone Sports Network, uh, our main place is YouTube, but we're everywhere on all social platforms at Warzone Sports Network. And basically, it's just a bunch of sports fans creating content for sports fans. Um, we, we do a lot of watch parties, so we just get together and we have a lot of regulars, which is fun. They, they drop in to remind us that we're not always right, which is fun when you put your opinion out there. Even if you're right 55% of the time and in the gambling world, that's successful. But when you just have you know trolls from all corners of the internet, they like to get on and remind you every time you're wrong. Um, we do weekly shows. We're always looking to collaborate with people. Uh, we, we sort of pride ourselves on our production and graphics, and, and we try to, you know, have a have a good time, just hanging out as sports fans and, and building out that community and, and seeing which different avenues we can collaborate with people on. Now, being a West Coast guy living in the Los Angeles area, you're a Chargers fan. You run a Chargers fan page. Why don't you tell everyone about that page and what it is? Yes, sir. So I'm very excited to share this with everybody. We, I started this show this year. It's called Nuts and Bolts, and we're a couple of you know fanatical nuts fans about the Los Angeles Chargers, the Bolts. And every week we're doing uh, we're doing breakdowns. We even had some watch parties for that. The the Chargers fan base takes a lot of flack for being small. Like everybody's always like, "What are you fan number 12? It's like there's a lot of Chargers fans, and in LA. The stadium's opening up. We're going to follow our boy Herbie. I want to let everybody know out there, a player that you should look into is Josh Palmer. Right now he's the third wide receiver for the Chargers. This kid, he, he's going to do some damage this year out of Tennessee. But, yeah, nuts and bolts on Instagram. Uh, go over there. Give it a follow. Let us know uh, what, what, you're, uh, what you're thinking, especially if your team plays our team that, that week. Now, I'm – all in on Austin Eckler. I've been all in on Austin Eckler, I think, since like March, whenever they hired Joe Lombardi. Um, is he going to play against Washington? What's going on with him with that hamstring issue? So, at, right before I jumped on, the last report was that he was in practice into the open part of the media, that he practiced. They didn't, the report didn't really say how he looked. Was he cutting? What was he running or doing in there? But I believe that he plays. Like, I think if anything, it's just sort of precautionary. Like, if you look at what Brandon Staley did with his team this offseason, he was just like, if you're making the roster, you are not playing in preseason. That's a very Sean McVay type of thing to do uh, coming from that same spot. Herbert didn't take any snaps. Bosa didn't get out there. Like, I don't think Derwin James dressed in any of the games. Like, they just want to get to week one healthy, and they have a tough matchup with the Washington football team. But, like, I think Eckler plays, and I'm all in on Eckler, too. I got him in my last league because I had one of those things where I was fortunate. I kept ending up with top five picks in all of my fantasy leagues, except for one. I ended up with pick 11, and I was able to get uh, Eckler at 11. 
But, yeah, I think he's going to have a huge year in, in this offense with Lombardi. Like, people are worried about him being an every-down back. It won't even matter because they're going to find ways to get him uh, in space, running game, just all over. It's going to be great for Eckler. Now, one of the big news is how all the running backs were just dropping like flies, unfortunately, in the Ravens. And the Ravens announced today that they came to a one-year deal with Latavius Murray. Yesterday, they brought in Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell's in the practice squad. Who's going to be the alpha there, and how is that backfield going to look toward the end of the season? So, um, I'm really bummed I didn't get Tyson Williams. I had already drafted Gus Edwards in one league, and he's down. But I think this... I think this this backfield is going to shake out where Latavius is the guy that reaps the most benefits. Uh, here's one thing I love about fantasy football in general is that if you can get a good running back, and especially like a power running back next to a quarterback who can really run the option, there's a huge because you're going to get your quarterback, and if he's smart in these matchups where he's going to be pitching it to your guy in space and. You don't want to be trying to tackle Latavius Murray one-on-one. So if he's got anything left, like if the reports are true and he really just didn't want to take a pay cut and that's why he got cut with the Saints, I think he could explode for them this year. Yeah, so that backfield is going to kind of be interesting. I have Murray like, stockpiled on my bench in a couple leagues. I, didn't, I drafted him in one. My one I did on Tuesday night, I drafted him in the last round. I was hoping like something would happen and... It's looking like if you can get the RB number one in this Ravens backfield, you def- that's definitely a great position to be in. In terms of week one, let's look at the quarterback position. Who are you liking quarterback week one, and what quarterbacks aren't you liking in week one? Okay, so uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tough on it. I don't love Justin Herbert, who's the quarterback in our matchup. Right, like I don't love him not having any reps in the preseason and then playing his first game on the road against that defense in an NFL game where he's gonna. It's the first time he's gonna play against fans on the road. Chase Young, possibly Montez Sweat, like trying to <laughs> to ruin his day. Are going after him, so like I'm still gonna start Herbert, obviously, uh, and, I, and I think everybody should. I'm just kind of like you know gauging what I believe is the upside there. Like, if he gets to, you know, 17 to 19 points, I'm going to feel like that's a good day. Anything more than that is great. Um, but he, he's one of the guys that I'm I'm a little concerned about that matchup. In terms of my personal bets, I, I've locked in Washington. I totally get what Staley was doing with the Chargers resting people, but offense is all about timing, and I really feel like you're saying, like, those guys not playing – especially the guys up front, Slater. Um, namely, the timing is just going to be an issue with the um, with the Chargers. Is there a quarterback that kind of you sticks out that you like this week? Yeah, so there's two of those. And real quick on the Chargers, they spent a lot of money. They have a really upgraded offensive line, but they got some, they got some old bodies. Balaga and the center, Corey Lindsay, where it's like, these guys just need to stay healthy. And then you got a rookie in his first game trying to lock down Chase Young. It could be uh, could be a little rough. The quarterbacks I like, Kirk Cousins gets a lot of flack, right? Like, for whatever it is. Like, he's over this way, he's, he's that way, he's in the media, controversial stuff. He's a good fantasy fill-in quarterback, and he gets the Bengals in week one. So, I love that matchup. I love all the Vikings, even like if you are in a deep league and you need to put out, you know, Conklin or Chris Herndon or something, like why not? Um, but Kirk Cousins is one guy. The other guy that I really love is his debut in Houston. That's Trevor Lawrence because, why? you know, like why not? It's Houston. We have no idea what to expect there. And it looks like Marvin Jones is going to play. DJ Chark, LaVisca Chanel, like, uh, I'm, I'm firing up Lawrence in two leagues. One is a two-quarterback league, and the other one I drafted two rookie quarterbacks because it's sort of my fun league where mm-hmm. I just get all the players I want to root for and try to like you know try to make it work. Okay, yeah, I definitely see. I think I don't know like that Texan Jaguars game is going to be interesting for me. I'm, that's just going to be a sit back and kind of see what's going on. Bengals 
are going to remind me of my Lions in the old run-and-shoot days with a shitty defense, and they're just going to have to score a ton of points to compete. So I really think playing against the Bengals is fantasy gold, but also running it back with them is fantasy gold this year. Now, in terms of the running back position, who aren't you that high on this week? Um, Javante Williams, and partially because I think that Melvin Gordon has some of the workload uh, taken up there. I I should have written this down, but I don't. I think the Giants' weakness on defense last year was the rushing game. So if there is, you know, something to be optimistic about, maybe he ha- they have a little bit of success there. And then also maybe if you know the strength of their defense is their secondary, and you have Bradbury and Jackson on the wide receivers. Maybe you're getting some passing game work out of out of Williams in week one, but I just am not sure how that's going to shake out if Gordon plays and Williams plays. I think that Fangio tends to favor veterans at least early on in the year. Um, so that's the one guy that I'm kind of a little worried about. Who are you really liking in terms of the running back position? Um, I mean... Uh, and he, what I had tried to do with all of these was like pick guys that were like sort of on the flex radar or backups or whatever. Obviously, there's you know Delvin Cook or whatever, but I went with Trey Sermon. As I mentioned, I have a lot of shares of him, but I think that there's an opportunity where maybe the 49ers are up a couple scores and they give this kid sort of third, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter. He ends up getting 10, 12 carries trying to run the game out. And he might be able to catch one. You know, he might be able to hit, um, you know, catch a touchdown. Not catch it, but, like, hit a touchdown at the end of the game. So I like Trey Sermon um, in in that flex spot. Or if you if he did suffer sort of a late injury to Gus Edwards or if Austin Eckler can't go, like, maybe you slide Sermon into that RB2 and just cross your fingers that, that he gets some garbage time in that game. Totally agree with you. My Lions are going to utterly suck this year. 49ers have a huge advantage in the trenches. And if this game gets out of hand, Shanahan loves to run a ball. It's a high probability the 49ers could throw less than five passes in the second half. I mean, it's – you know what I mean? Like, this this game has could, could be a blowout and news broke that Taylor Decker isn't going to play because of a hand injury. And then did you see the, the stuff about um, DeAndre Swift on Twitter? I saw. I read somewhere that he like they're doubting his football. Like if he was in good football shape or something. Is that what you're talking about? No, I saw this article on Twitter that he is a potential suspect in a murder case. So, yep. Yeah, I don't know if this is just complete Twitter BS. I mean, it was no real credible source it's kind of like the julio jones weed dispensary money laundering case that was around twitter like something that no real mainstream news publication is talking about it but still you're kind of like oh shit so i don't know like yeah like lions are up against it and that trey sermon thing easily could hit i'm coming out with my bold predictions piece later and mo i have my bold prediction is uh Raheem Moster is RB number one for fantasy this year, for this week, excuse me. Um, oh, I could I could definitely see that. And I want to give a quick shout-out to your Lions. I forgot about this. I have Jamal Williams on four teams because my bold fantasy take for the year was that Jamal Williams outscores DeAndre Swift because Jamal Williams feels like a Dan Campbell type of football player, like one of those guys that just wants to run through people and do all the little things. I can't believe Dan Campbell has a job coaching the Lions. Like, that's like, I still like shaking my head. Out of everyone we could have hired, we hired Dan Effing Campbell. And I don't know, maybe like no one else wanted a job, which is a good possibility, but Jesus Christ. Um, But no, I could easily see that. And with how Anthony Lynn likes to rotate backs, Williams could easily get all the goal line carries and be doing that that bulk of the work and being the higher scoring back in that backfield. Now, in terms of the wide receivers, there's some interesting matchups across the board. Is there any wide receiver you're not liking this week at all? Um, none that I don't like because I think that the offenses kind of have the advantage early on uh, in the season. But I am a little worried. Again, this is in our matchup. I have Jerry Judy, um, and I've been thinking about possibly taking him out uh, for 
I don't even know yet. But I, I might do something tricky there. Uh, but he's one that I that I am a little worried about. Like if he gets the shadow coverage from Bradbury, it could be it could be kind of a long day where Teddy just plays it safe, looks for Fant over the middle, see if he can get you know a mismatch on Blake Martinez or something like that. See, I'm in our matchup because I have Allen Robinson. I'm worried about A. Rob with Andy Dalton going against Jalen Ramsey. That's what I'm worried about because I had J.K. Dobbins. He was my second round pick, so I'm kind of up against it right now in terms of needing points, and I need Allen Robinson to produce. And that matchup against Jalen Ramsey with Dalton throwing the ball has me a little worried. Um, for wide receivers you like, who? what are you going with? I'm going with Corey Davis uh, because I'm not really sure how that game is going to look with the Panthers, although I, uh, I'm streaming the Panthers' defense in a bunch of leagues. And then the other guy that I like is uh, Damani Brown after the news came out that Curtis Samuel's going to the IR. I have Brown in one league that's super deep. It's, it's our war zone of attrition league. It's 16 teams, super flex, tight end premiums. It's just the most ridiculous thing that you could imagine. Um, but I have Demonte Brown, and he's probably going to get the start um, at my second flex position in that league because, I mean, who's he throwing to? Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin? There's got to be a third option, and Brown feels like, you know, a good bet, a good flyer. Yeah, I could easily see that. I really like Robbie Anderson this week. Revenge game against the Jets. And also, you look at those Jets DBs. Bryce Hall's the only one with NFL experience, and he was awful last year in the PF Pro Football Fortress, Pro Football Focus ranking. So I really expect Robbie Anderson to go off, and he's already seeing stuff in the media how he wants to show the Jets how he was more than just a deep threat and how he could be a wide receiver one. So I really expect Robbie Anderson to eat this weekend. In terms of tight end, is there someone you're not not liking, not feeling this week? Um, Tunyon, I'm a little uh, a little worried about um, how much he gets there. It depends too on like if Lattimore is in good shape and. It shadows Devontae Adams, but I think that there's something where Rodgers is going to want to, like, he's going to want to flex a little bit, you know? Like, he's going to want to get the ball to Randall Cobb if he's out there, and, and Devontae Adams, and his, his guys, you know? Uh, they added Amari Rodgers, too. You know, maybe he takes away a little bit more uh, Saints' strong defense. So I'm a little worried about Tunyon. I'm actually as crazy as it sounds, and... Everyone loves Travis Kelsey. I think Kelsey's not going to have a Travis Kelsey-type game against the Browns this week. I really feel the addition of Walker that the Browns brought in from the Colts is going to help guard Kelsey in in pass routes. So I'm a little worried about Kelsey. I'm not saying he's going to shit the bed and score less than 15, 12 points. But he's not, you know what I mean? He's not going to put up a typical Kelsey-type game that you, that you rely on when you start someone like that. What tight end are you liking? Uh, real quickly, I just want to agree with you on that, is that Kelsey is, the other thing is you you brought in those two safeties, John Johnson and Hill from the Rams. Like yeah. That's also going to make it difficult to have that. You can double him a lot easier with that kind of talent there. So I, I get what you're saying. Um, the tight ends I like is Gerald Everett. Like, if you're game planning for Metcalf and Lockett and you're on the road in a hostile environment and you're looking for another option, I like Gerald Everett there. And then I picked this guy up in one league, which is Juan Johnson, because he's like a tight end receiver flex for for the Saints. Um, and I think if you just kind of have him on your roster, maybe you don't play him in week one. Uh, Troutman's banged up. Like, Thomas isn't there. Like, who knows? He could he, he could have some fantasy potential uh, with Callaway being really the only target of note outside of Alvin Kamara. I like my man. This guy, for me, during the Andrew Luck days was money. I like Jack Doyle. I mean, he's just kind of there. I really think there's a potential for Wentz to lean on him like he did with Carson Wentz. 
well, seriously, like Carson Wentz leaned on with Zach Ertz in the Philadelphia days. And T.Y. Hilton's hurt. God only knows what this Colts offense is going to look like because they have so many COVID issues. And Wentz messed so many time because he was out with injury and COVID. So I expect him to lean on that security blanket of Mr. Reliable Jack Doyle. Now, I posted out some fantasy football start-sit questions. These are the ones that people sent in to me. I have a little notation of it's standard PPR, half-point PPR. Um, Joe Burrow, Matt Ryan, who are you starting? Um, I'm going to go with Matt Ryan on this one because, I mean, the Eagles defense, we don't know what that's going to look like. That could be a shootout. There could be a lot of points between the Eagles and Falcons. So I'm going to start with Matt Ryan because – Vikings defense could be improved. We don't know. Mike Zimmer, defensive head coach. I'm going to go Matt Ryan. Jameis Winston, Kirk Cousins. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm going Kirk Cousins. I already said he's the one guy that I like, but there is some sort of like weird feeling I have about Jameis Winston just kind of going off in week one and, and the, the whole fantasy community overreacting. Now, this is half point PPR. Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon? I'm, uh, I just don't. I just don't know en- enough about it. I'm gonna I'll, just because I I hate not answering these kind of questions. Uh, I'm going with Javante Williams, and I think the advantage could be maybe like some third down passing work. You know, and Gordon has also missed a lot of the preseason dealing with his own uh, bumps and bruises. So maybe that gives Williams a little bit of an edge. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I really think the fact that they let go of Royce Freeman really hints to the fact that Javante Williams is going to be the third down, the pass catching back, and that's going to open up with some P- PPR points for fantasy football. Now this one, when my boy... He's the Instagram handle trying to get into shape. Sent it to me. I basically threw up because I hate both these running backs in terms of fantasy. Miles Gaskin, Josh Jacobs. This is full point PPR. Um, I am going to go with Miles Gaskin. Uh, Jacobs. It's it's so interesting what's happening to Monday night because I initially thought I was just like, oh, man, the Ravens are going to destroy the Raiders. And now the injuries are piling up. And I'm like, who's even playing for the Ravens? You know, like, (laughs) I think that Jacobs is the safer play. I like I'm blanking on who the Dolphins play. The Uh, Dolphins are on the road against New England. Yeah, I'm. Even though I think New England has, is going to have a very good defense, I'm going to go with Miles Gaskin. All the reports I've been reading is that he's he's ready to be the guy. Is what is what I've been reading. So we'll see. Now to piggyback what you said about this Ravens uh, Raiders game on Monday night, I still don't know if Lamar Jackson is even going to be able to play because Allegiant Stadium has this thing where you can't go in it unless you have the COVID nineteen vaccine. I don't mean to let everyone know what a big wrestling nerd I am, but at WWE SummerSlam, superstars weren't allowed to wrestle there because they didn't have the vaccine, namely Sasha Banks. So could you imagine if Lamar Jackson can't play in a game because he doesn't have the vaccine? That would be insane in my eyes. Yeah, but I also don't think this would be a story. Like, don't you think that... I think that they probably have worked something out with the NFL that says, like, we're going to have this policy for fans because uh, I think the Seahawks instituted a similar policy to their stadium. So I think it would be a story if they said like, Hey, Lamar's not vaccinated. He's not playing on Monday night because we all know certain players that have come out that saying they aren't going to be vaccinated. So you would know like, Hey, we don't have Lamar Jackson unless he's secretly vaccinated, but he wants to put out the image that he's not. Because with the WWE, and granted, like, I don't know if you're a wrestling fan like I am, um, one of the superstars, she was supposed to wrestle um, right before the match. It was announced that she couldn't, and then it was kind of, it was said, but not really said the reason she couldn't wrestle because it was because of the Elijah Stadium rules about being vaccinated. So it's just something 
I don't know, to kind of keep your eye on. And the betting line kind of suggests something's up because it was as high as like a six, the Ravens laying the sits, and it's been bet all the way down to four. To me, that kind of suggests Lamar may not be playing. So that would be something interesting. But I totally get your point that if this was something that could happen, like ESPN, Bleacher Report, Sporting News, whoever would be broadcasting this a lot more. Um, now this one, James Connor and Chris Carson. Um, this one to me is like, doesn't really feel that close until I factor in the Colts defense because James Conner, I have no clue what to expect. I know that Cliff Kingsbury has been erratic with his running backs, but Chase Edmonds is coming into this game healthy. Like why shouldn't he, I believe they play the Titans off the top of my head. Like that's a very favorable defense to be getting to be getting carries against. So it's close. I'm still going with Chris Carson because I believe that I drafted Chris Carson in the third round to be my RB two or one if I, you know, went quarterback tight end or you know, receiver tight end type of a deal. Now DJ Shark and Michael Pittman. I'm going Pittman because the the defensive backs for the Seahawks. I don't even know who they are. Like I, I we, we went we just did our NFC West preview on the Warzone Sports Network, and we went through the DBs. When Griffin left, I was like, "Who are these guys?" Like Eric Flowers or somebody. Like I'm not sure who the number one corner is. Uh, or not not Eric. He was an offensive. So I don't. I just don't even know who the, who the defensive backs are. So I'm going to assume that Michael Pittman will start his breakout campaign early and often in this uh, in this game against the Seahawks. And plus, no uh, T. Y. Hilton. So that's going to lead to Pittman getting a little bit more targets from uh, Carson Wentz. Now, T. Higgins, Cooper Cup. This is really tough because I. If this is your team, you should be. You should dominate this week, um, but I would. I'm going to start Cooper Cup in the slot at home, SoFi Sunday Night Football. Matt Stafford playing with by far the best team he's ever played on. Like maybe these aren't like Calvin Johnson is a better football player than anybody on <laughs> on this team. But as as far as the team goes, like Matthew Stafford is going to come into this game floating on cloud nine. Um, and I think that Cooper Cup is going to have a big night on Sunday Night Football. Now, granted, when this person sent it out, there wasn't the whole OBJ situation because he was listed as questionable in the injury report. Let's assume OBJ is fully healthy and playing. Devontae Smith or OBJ? So... I get what you're saying, like, when you factor that in, if OBJ is, health, like, fully healthy, right, uh, and he's there. I just think the Browns' recipe for success in this game is running both of those running backs, giving Kareem Hunt 10 carries and giving Nick Chubb 20 carries, and running the play action, and working to reliable intermediate targets, Jarvis Landry, Hooper, like that's the that's the recipe to see. If this game gets into a shootout, I could see why you'd want to have him there. But the Browns defense doesn't suggest, and the run game doesn't suggest. I actually am it's my upset pick of the week is the Browns. Uh, they they win against the Chiefs, and Devonta Smith is clearly the number one getting to play on turf in Atlanta. I think he's going to get 10, 12 targets and, and have a big night. I hope so. I benched him in a league for Antonio Brown last night. So it's also a little bit of wishful thinking. God damn. Did OB, did, no, excuse me, did AB look good as hell last night? It was, it was very welcomed surprise to see him looking that fresh at 33 years old. And uh, I didn't draft him in any leagues right before, two days before the game started. I got a trade offer of Will Fuller for Antonio Brown, and I was like, except a thousand percent. I mean, he looked fast. I mean, like, he looked really, really fast. I was amazed by him, 
Gronk looked young. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, the Bucks offensively looked really good. Um, in terms of fantasy for the Bucks, do you think with how well, now granted this is what we all do as fantasy football people, we all overreact to the last thing we saw. Now, what we saw last night was Gronk being involved, AB being involved, Godwin being involved. Is Mike Evans just going to be the odd man out here? No, I, I think that Tom. Here's the great thing, and what makes Tom Brady so great: when you give him his full complement of weapons, he's not going to have a favorite or look elsewhere because he's going to play the best possible matchup. They put Quandre Diggs, who's a good corner for Dallas. He was with Evans every time I looked over. I was like, man, like he's not going to look for him. Here's the other thing about Mike Evans that I think is a little bit of a downfall for Tom Brady. Tom Brady wants separation or he wants precision. And neither one of those things are Mike Evans' strengths. Like, he is very good at the jump ball. So we saw him looking for uh, Mike Evans in the red zone because you can be very precise on your on your short passes and use his height advantage. But Mike Evans isn't going to beat anybody off the line of scrimmage like A.B. or Godwin are. He's also not going to have those precision option routes like Julian Edelman and Wes Welker had for so long. So, like, Mike Evans is a bit risky with Tom Brady, but the problem is is that Godwin tends to get a little bit of banged up. Gronk is older. We don't know about O.J. Howard. Like, if Mike Evans can stay healthy, there's a lot of big days in his future. He's going to get matched up against other people. Tom's also a key good at keeping people healthy if somebody in your league is panicking on, on mike evans see if he can't get a deal for him now the other big surprise when you think about it with the o-line issues for the cowboys it really wasn't that big of a surprise they went to a pass heavy attack if you drafted ezekiel elliott should you be panicking or should you just be kind of like hey first week i have plenty of favorable matchups against the eagles and the giants should I just kind of calm down? Um, yeah, I'm not. Pan- I have Zeke in one league uh, where I took him over several people that, you know, I took him over Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, whatever, just because I think this offense, and we saw it last night, it's going to be explosive. Martin's out, and they went to the recipe that the Chiefs couldn't find because you have to have somebody who back there who can block against that pass rush. And they trusted Zeke. If you watch, Zeke actually played a pretty good game. You're not going to have a ton of success rushing against them anyways, especially without Martin in the lineup. So, like, why not leave him back there and block? Like, Dak is also, the Dak and Zeke are best friends. You think he's not going to help his guy get more involved in the passing game, audibling to him in favorable situations to get him going and keeping him engaged and happy? Of course he is. Like, He's going to want to win games, and Zeke's going to be a big part of that. So I think he's going to be fine. Is Again, another if somebody's panicking on Zeke, put in a trade. I'm, I'm already putting in two leagues. I'm putting in offers on Zeke where I've seen people complaining about their pick of Zeke. Fine, I'll take him. Yeah, I'd totally love to have Elliot on my team as well. Tony, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your Friday to come on, talk a little fantasy football. Why don't you just tell everyone all your social media handles? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, follow me uh, over at the Warzone Sports Network on YouTube. That is the number one thing that we, we push. We're approaching 1,500 subs. Uh, Project Dribble on Instagram, if you want to go there. That's Project and the Dribble spelled D-R-I-V-E-L. Uh, but yeah, Warzone Sports Network on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. We love engaging with fans and, and hearing your objections, opinions, agreements, whatever it is. So follow the Warzone Sports Network. Thank you for having me, Eric. Awesome, dude. We're definitely going to have to do this again. Enjoy talking to you. And, uh, you know, I'll probably send you some message talking shit when I get out to an early lead and then Alan Robinson <laughs> disappointing me on Sunday night to lead to me losing. Oh, real, real quick. <laughs> What do you think about I have your handcuff in Hubbard and you have my handcuff in Madison? Not saying you got to answer right now, but I'm I'm down to do a little handcuff swap. I mean that sounded worse than it should be, but you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. I'm gonna have to kind of think about it just because the Panthers did sign Royce Freeman, and that has me a little worried about who the true handcuff's gonna be at the end of the season. 
So yeah, I, I, I hear you. I'll uh, I'll ponder that, and then let's see how week one plays out, and then we'll take it from there, my man. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, brother. That's it for today's podcast. As always, thanks for tuning in. Let's cash some tickets. Let's win some bets. Let's drink some beer. I'd like to thank this week's guest, as always, Brandon, who comes on each and every week talking NASCAR, and Tony for coming on talking a little fantasy football. Until next week, everybody.